0: There we go. I'm gonna start over for the online people. There, oh, that sounds so much better. Hey, everybody, good morning. No, I'm just saying, Chris is back there doing this. I'm like, Chris, I've seen your butt. I don't, it's great. It's been working out, looks like. Then I realized that's not what he was saying. Um, I don't even know where, I, where to go from here. We... Um, yeah, here's the, here's the deal. We, lots of great things have happened around here in the last 20 years. Um, lots of, of faces, and I've gotten the privilege of, of being involved in lots of life change, and, and uh, we have incredible favor in our city. We've been able to, to love and serve, and I think represent Jesus really well. We made a lot of mistakes and learned from those mistakes. And I say all that to say this, uh, that, I, that I believe these next 20 years uh, are gonna be even better. That I, I believe that there's going to be great things to come. That that good is in our future. That good is in my future. That good is in your future, and uh, that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about this idea of hope. And now, um, now, hope the way that we usually use it, and I hope the way that the Bible uses it is, is pretty different. And so, I just want to just right away, kind of stop, start right there, so uh, I could say, I appreciate the Bronco gear, by the way, in the room. I'll just say that. I had, I had my orange Bronco shirt on today, and then I got here, and I had, had this big stain in the middle of it, and I'm like, people will probably not notice that, and I kept looking and kept looking. I'm like, yeah, totally people are going to notice that, so thankfully, I have this. Anyway, so thanks for the Broncos gear, and I could say this, and, and I have maybe said this all the time, like, I hope the Broncos win the Super Bowl. Now, that is definitely like a vague dream, like a wish, right? I, uh, not very, I could I could say that and not be very confident that that would happen. Actually, as a matter of fact, uh, I could say, I hope the Broncos win more games than they lose. And today I'm not sure how much confidence I could actually say about that. Ask me next week. I might be more confident. Um, if you brought a friend today and you're like, he usually talks about Jesus more than the Broncos. I don't know what's happening. Uh, I'm getting there. I promise. So, but, But here's what biblical hope is. Biblical hope is something different than that. Biblical hope is a confident assurance that something will happen, something good will happen. So if you don't remember anything else, maybe remember this little phrase right here. In Jesus, we have a hope that's more than a vague dream. Our hope is this confident assurance that good is coming. Confident assurance that good is coming. And And um, just between services, I was talking to someone and said, yeah, but what is good? Does good mean that I get what I want? It's a really good question. It, um, It doesn't necessarily mean that. It means better than what you want reminded of a story about the grandparents that, were, that picked up their grandkids. They're going to take them on a surprise trip to Disneyland. They pick them up, and they have a, 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 about an hour to kill before Disneyland opens. And so they go by McDonald's and have, buy breakfast, and the kids are loose in the play place, and it's time for them to go. And the parent, the grandparents are like, okay, kids, it's time to go. Let's get in the car. It's time to go to the surprise place. And they start crying. I'm like, no, we want to stay here. This play place is so great. And they're like, you know, the grandparents are like, hey, no, what, what's happening next is even better. You should get you should come get in the car. No, you're so mean. You always make us do stuff that we don't want to do, right? And um, and the whole time, the promise that that these grandparents were what they're trying to do is bring their kids to Disneyland. And I think, man, that happens to us all the time. We have such a small view of what we think good is. Good is it's like success in this area or, or this or or maybe even cultivating a life where we don't need hope right we don't we don't we're not in desperate need for god or for for hope and what i want to say is that in jesus And we have this hope that's more than just this vague dream. It's more like, you know, rubbing our Bibles or or saying a prayer and just hoping that something happens. Instead, we have this confident assurance. Can Can you imagine that? Waking up every morning. No matter what circumstance you're dealing with, no matter what your bank statement says, no matter what relationship problem you have, no matter what is going on at work, that you can just wake up with this confident assurance. Good is on the way. And I don't know if there's a time in, in, in my lifetime that, that this message of hope has been more important. And our world needs hope more than ever. You can't turn the TV on and see refugees um, being turned away and, and um, wars happening. I saw the statistic 40% of the world is vaccinated from, against COVID. Only 4% of the people on the continent of Africa. And we have a world that's desperate for hope. And, I, and I, I'll, I'll just say this. There's times in my life that I don't feel that. And there might be times in your life that you don't feel like, oh, I don't know if I need hope. I don't, I'm not in desperate need of hope right now. I'm, things are good. Things are pretty good. And maybe, maybe that's you right now. And I'll, I'll just say what's true about me. When I get in those spaces and I just say, man, you know what? I don't know if I'm in desperate need or of hope. I'm not sure if I really am in desperate need for God to show up. You know what that really indicates to me is that, that I've just, just cultivated for myself this comfortable, pretty small life. Because here's what's true. God will always call us to a life that's beyond our resources to get to. Does that make sense? Will always call us to take one more step beyond our ability to take a step and and here's this cool thing well maybe it's a bad thing first and then this cool thing this, this bad thing is that sometimes we get there to that line of where we're stepping out of maybe what's called our comfort zone and and we're like mm, no thank you and so so we live back here and we're like I don't experience very much of God in my life I would just say, probably because you've created a life that you don't need to experience him in. So here's the cool thing about that is that when we do take the step, this this is the space where we experience God, where we we take that step and he meets us. So if you're here today, you're like, I think I'm good, man. I, I would just maybe take a step back and say, what kind of comfortable life have I created for myself? And maybe your prayer needs to be, God, will you, will you cultivate a vision of a bigger life that I'm desperate for you and desperate for hope? And it was early on kind of in this in this whole COVID reality. It, it's so weird to think about time, isn't it, around COVID? It's like, I don't know if it was six months ago or 20 years ago, it feels like so it's really weird. But I think early on in this in this COVID reality, I was—I had this picture of like living, like you know, in those movies when they were walking across the scary rope bridge that's about to break. You know, Indiana Jones kind of movies, and they're just like this, taking each step, and they're just like maybe this step is going to lead me to drop to this deep crevasse. I, was, I just like to say that word crevasse, and. Um, and what that does, when we feel like that's our experience of life, you know what it does is it pulls our eyes down from anything else that's happening, pulls our lives, right our eyes right down to just this tiny little next step that we're taking. We think any any time that thing is going to give way. And and also what it does relationally is that if anybody think about, you're on that rope bridge and you feel people getting close to you, the last thing you want is anybody to get close to you. So it kind of leads to isolation. It leads to real selfishness. And I think. I think some, in, to some degree, for sure, it's true in my life, and maybe it's true in all of our lives that we're, uh, even as things are lightening up a little bit, that we're still kind of stuck in this in this idea of like, uh, I, I I just have to focus on this one thing, and I'm not sure if I can lift my eyes up. But you know what happens when we don't lift our eyes up is we don't see any of this beauty that's around us, right? We don't we don't see any of, of the beauty of the. The landscape, or the things that are happening all around us, we're just so focused on this one thing. And so, um, man, my my hope for us, my confident expectation, is that we would all learn to lift our eyes. Let's lift our eyes from from this little this little thing and and give yourself permission to to trust and hope again. Does that make sense? To to think, man, can I really think that good? will happen. Can I really, do I really think that, that God is a God that I can trust? That Jesus really does have my best interest in, in mind? And that he's powerful, he's, that he's more powerful than, than the circumstances I face. Do I really believe that? And will I unleash that promise? That's what we're going to look at today. So, I'm going to pray um, because that's a big order. Um, it's easy to just hope and hope. It's easy to hope in a mantra like "wake up every day and go." I'm a strong and confident man. I can handle these issues, right? And 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 what we're going to look at is is how we can go beyond that to actually trusting in a living hope. So let's pray together. Holy Spirit, as we open up your Scripture, will you teach us and challenge us? Will you meet every single woman here, every single man here, you know, in a way that? Um, That they understand your your presence and your power available to them in their life. We we unveil to us that the areas in our lives that we've chosen to live a small life because, because we're afraid to hope again. We help us to lift our eyes and to see the truth of who you are and the bigness and the beauty that you have in store. What you've called us to in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're gonna open up God's word together. If you have your Bibles, you open up to the book of 1 Peter. We're gonna look at 1 Peter chapter one. If you didn't bring a Bible, I'd encourage you a couple things. Bring a Bible. So even if it's this one, if you grab that, not this one, because this is mine, but if you grab the one that's right around you, put your name in it, or maybe right on the edge so you can know, and then just bring it back. Uh, 1 Peter is all the way at the end almost, so it's probably easiest to go from the end and start going towards the front. Um, and it's pretty small, so you might miss it. It's conveniently located right before Second Peter. Um, so grab that and actually grab a pen. If everybody grab, opens the Bible and grabs a pen, we're just gonna spend, we're not gonna go a bunch of places. We're just gonna spend our rest of our time right here in this spot. And look at this. Uh, this is written by a guy named Peter. That's why it's called First Peter. Um, here's what's happening. Peter was a friend of Jesus. Um, and Jesus was crucified and rose again ascended to heaven and the church started and, uh, his friends, his disciples began to talk to people about the good news. And and man, this place is about good news and about hope. We want you to feel built up, not beat up. And so these people began to, to talk about the good news of Jesus and the world began to change. And historically, this is the time that Nero is emperor in Rome. And so, um, as, as, the, this idea of people that are following the good news of Jesus Christ begin to grow in popularity. Uh, the Roman state came against Christianity and there's a huge persecution that, that broke out under uh, the leadership of Nero. And it's in that context that Peter is writing to a bunch of people who are, who are uh, he calls them exiles, who are, are living um, as followers of Jesus in a really hostile world. And it was his hope in writing this letter that people would find hope in the midst of difficulty. Because I think sometimes we, we buy into this false view that, man, Jesus calls me to the sit on the couch, comfortable life. And if anything in my life's not comfortable, then where's Jesus in all this? And I think, I think that's what Peter's saying, saying, hey, 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 I know it's difficult, but Jesus is right with us. That those, those two things can exist together. So, Here's what he says, and I'm just gonna read the, the first three verses. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, exiles scattered throughout the provinces, and he lists the provinces that are kind of he's kind of talking to that this letter is gonna to go to, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with blood. Grace and peace is yours in abundance. And verse three is where we're gonna focus. Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in his great mercy, he's given us a new birth, given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, we're gonna focus on that a little bit. Um, underline that, that word praise. It's, it's like give uh, appreciation to, recognize that this is someone that, that is worthy of our praise or our recognition of our worship worship just means kind of worth ship so uh he's saying pray here's why god is worthy of our praise worthy of our worship praise be the god the father of our lord jesus christ in his great mercy circle great and maybe just on the side just write a little note that says over abundant, overflowing mercy so that that idea of great is like like so so great like um, too big to fill in a cup, great. His overflowing mercy. Now, it, it's, it's a great picture because it's, it's really why all this stuff happens. It's the overflow of, of God's mercy is why I ha- have breath. The overflow of God's mercy is why we're here today. The overflow of God's mercy is what he's gonna talk about is why we have hope. He has given us new birth. And we're talking about that next week, the the promise of newness, the promise that God can take what's old and make something new and beautiful with it. Into a living hope, circle living hope. We're gonna camp here for just a minute. We have a living hope. We don't have we don't have a hope in hope. We don't have hope in a principle. We don't have hope uh, that uh, that is is listed in a book somewhere. We have a living hope. Hope is a person. His name is Jesus. It makes that makes all the difference in the world. Because if hope's a person, uh, then he he can actively pursue us. Hope is a person. His name is Jesus. Uh, he is incredibly in love with you the god of the universe just it's it's i had a friend that would say mind bottling like and finally i just had i went to her and said hey did you say mind bottling it's like yeah you know it's just like so weird it like puts my mind in a bottle and i'm like pretty sure it's mind boggling she's like no no it's not it's totally mind bottling like Okay, keep using it because it's really funny when you do. It's great. So, um, but this, it's, it's mind-boggling that the God of the universe that created the sun and the moon and the stars loves us, is crazy about us, wants what's best for us. We talked a lot about, about that last week when we talked about the promise of deliverance for God so loved the world. He didn't just love the world, he so loved the world. Hope is a person, his name is Jesus Jesus is your reason to hope. Jesus is your, is your reason to hope. Because he's alive, look what it says. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from, from the dead. Our hope is rooted in the resurrection of Jesus. The fact that he was dead and he's alive. It's like the fundamental truth of, of all Christianity. Christianity that the story of Jesus didn't end when he was crucified. I, um, I have this this thing I do, and I just encourage you to, you have friends in your life that that don't know Jesus, and maybe maybe some of you in this room are just trying to figure out who Jesus is. Sorry, I'm getting used to it. This is our second time we've done two services uh, in 77 weeks, and so Uh, what I have to remember is I can't sing as much in both services. And then I get here a second service and my voice just starts going. So sorry about that. But um, here's here's the deal. The resurrection of Jesus is is key. So I have have these friends and maybe that's what I was talking about. You um, have friends or maybe you yourselves are just trying to figure out who Jesus is. I have this great thing. I just say, hey, let's just figure, let's just look at the scripture together. We'll just read the story of Jesus as written by this guy named Mark. Um, and we'll just go through and see what the Bible says about who Jesus is, not what you heard one time, not what uh, culture says about who he is, not what media says about who he is. Let's just see what the Bible says about who he is. And so we're walking through with one of my friends, and we're at the end of Mark. Mark is 16 chapters, and it's Mark 15, like right in the middle of Mark 15. uh, Jesus dies on the cross, and there's this, this thing that happens, like darkness, it says darkness covered the face of the earth. here's this cool thing about about doing this with my friends is like, it is good for me too. So I just was struck with that fact. Like there was thousands and thousands of people that were crucified by the Romans. And every single one of them, their story ends that way. They were crucified and they died, period. And as as I'm looking at that on the page, I'm like, wait, wait, wait. This happens and there's more to it. Darkness, his darkness was not the end of the story. His death was not the end of the story. And friends, darkness is not the end of your story either. Like you might you might be in a place where you're just like, man, I don't, I don't my last breath of hope has left my body. And God's like, sweet. Because <laughs> hope is still on the way. Because my... <laughs> My hope is a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He was dead and now he's alive. And And you might be in a place where you feel like, man, this this relationship or this thing, this this deal I'm going through, whatever it is, is just beyond hope. It's in those times and you're like, whoa, sweet. I'm so glad that the, that, the resurrection, or the, the hope that I hold on to, is, is hope that's rooted in the resurrection of Jesus, that finds something that was dead and now is alive. And in a very preachery way, I'll just say this we don't give up because Jesus got up. Does that make sense? That at, the, at the very time that, that his disciples thought, oh, it's over. It's not over. Our hope isn't based in circumstances, our hope is based in the resurrection of Jesus. And I would just encourage us in those moments when, when, uh, when things seem like they're coming down, that we would just lift our eyes once again to hope. And I know that's asking a lot. To lift our eyes to hope and give ourselves a chance to hope again. Because remember, in Jesus, in Jesus, we have a hope that's more than just a vague dream. We have a hope... Uh, That's rooted in the resurrection. We have a hope that's this confident expectation that good is coming. And because hope in the resurrection, here's this great thing. That means that Jesus is alive right now. Think about this. God doesn't meet us anywhere. You're like, wait, that doesn't sound right. Because we meet God everywhere. He, He he doesn't come where we're at and help us out when we're having a difficulty. You know what? He's there as we, as we enter into that difficult conversation. He's there as we walk into that, into that pain. He's, he's already there as we walk into that darkness. He's already there. I, was, uh, I told this story a couple of times, but I was having a really, really difficult hospice, hospice visit and I sat in my car. And it's in those moments we're just like, there's no words, there's nothing I can say going to comfort this family. There's nothing I can say. And so I'm, I'm sitting there in my car and a very, very past pastory kind of thing to do. I'm just praying. I'm like, God, uh, we just, we just meet me in that room. We just meet me. And it was, it was almost literally like I just heard God laughing. Like, are you kidding me? I'm not going to meet you there. You're meeting me there. <laughs> I've, I've been there this whole time. I'm inviting you to be a part of this conversation. We, we have hope in this living hope that, that we, don't, we don't have to beg for him to come meet us where we're at. That is that Jesus is involved in every aspect of our lives and he actually invites us to experience him in all those things that are happening. In Jesus, we have this hope that's more than just this vague dream, but it's this confident expectation, that good it's going to happen. And I said this at the beginning, our world needs hope now more than ever. Our world needs hope now more than ever. And here's this really, really cool thing. I, was, I, was, I said that, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you can just say, hey, this confident assurance that good is coming. And then we experience we experienced Jesus in those in those moments in those days and here's this great thing we get invited to play that part as well we're invited to be like lighthouses of hope so one of the foundational things that we talk about here that we for the last 20 years that we want to be and build lighthouses of hope that that yeah we want this we want this church to be a beacon of hope for this community and we want all of you as you go to your schools in your jobs in your coffee places in your shopping and hanging out with your family and hanging out with your neighbors that you would be a lighthouse of hope as well because of the resurrection of Jesus Now, here's this cool thing, that that we're reminded of that every single day. That every single day, this, this idea of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus plays out in our lives as we go to sleep, and we wake up, and we go to sleep, and we wake up, it plays out this idea of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And so I would just encourage you guys, maybe let's just do an experiment this week. And as you wake up, how many of you are like happy people when you wake up? And how many of you are devil people when you wake up? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, what it, wherever you're at, some some people will you know wake up because you're having an alarm. Some people have somebody wake. Whatever whatever that first eye-opening moment is for you, whatever mood you're in in that moment, we just experiment with me this week and, and do the, do your best to just go. Oh, wait! I'm gonna I'm gonna open my eyes and experience uh, once again the resurrection that this is a new day. I can lift my eyes to hope. In Jesus, we have this hope that's more than a vague dream. But it's this confident expectation that good is coming. So we can, as we, as we wake up, we can lift our eyes to hope physically and just feel this invitation of Jesus to live out this living hope. Would you bow your heads and we can pray together? And actually, let's do that. Let's physically close our eyes and bow our heads, kind of facing down, because we'll do this physical little reminder of, of lifting our eyes. God, will you, will you just tell us right now, communicate in your way why you have us here? We don't wanna leave the same people we were when we came. Why this message? Why this time? Why this place? Why us? Why us? God, will you remind us of some of the heaviness, the, the things in our lives that that tend us to look, tend to, to make us look down and kind of focus on just what's happening right around us? Will you bring those things to mind right now? And God, as as we just in in this physical picture, um, as we look up. And uh, we just say yes to to lifting our eyes with the hope of the living hope of the resurrection. And maybe all across this room, if if that's what you want to say, you just want to lift your head up and just look up and just say, God, I want to live my life rooted in the living hope of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That darkness doesn't win in my life. That difficulty doesn't win in my life. That comfort doesn't win in my life. God, will you meet me in that, in that gap between where, where my comfort ends and where you're calling me to. Will you give me a picture of what that bigger life looks like that demands hope? And will you help us not to just do that for ourselves, but to be lighthouses of hope to experience you in the way that that you invite us to these places all around us that you're already working. We love you and we're thankful for you. In Jesus' name, amen.